anybody who listens to futureprimitive.org. I'm really, really, really happy and excited to be here with author and philosopher Tim Freak. Tim Freak has an honors degree in philosophy and is internationally known and respected in the world of spirituality. He's best known, actually, for his work on Christian Gnosticism. He is the author of many books, including The Jesus Mysteries, co-authored with Peter Gandhi. And Tim is also an innovative stand-up philosopher, a concept he developed from the ancient idea of a philosopher as a traveling spiritual entertainer who transforms people's consciousness. Tim gives life-changing seminars. Actually, I just came out of a day-long, I don't want to call it workshop, it was so playful. Just came out of this day and... uh, I feel absolutely wonderful and recommend this medicine to everybody who listens to Future Primitive. So, Tim, tell us how you feel right now. Well, we've just had this glorious day together, diving into this big, spacious consciousness. I call it being deep awake. And when you come into that deep awake state, there's this big love, this all-embracing love. And when I feel that love, it's the only time where it feels right. You know, it's it's the only thing which fills the hole inside my soul. And I can't get enough. So to have the privilege, which I do, to come together with a group of people who in the morning are complete strangers and by middle afternoon are our lovers Uh, is just a privilege to see that we can see through the separateness to the oneness and then really celebrate the separateness because we're also conscious that behind the appearances, you know, there's there's one of us. And it just feels fantastic. It's just... There was a lady in... uh, I did a seminar where we did a weekend, a mystery experience weekend in Las Vegas a little while back. And um, she, she just said, this is what everyone wants to feel. And that's how it feels to me, too. This is what everyone wants to feel. This is coming home. This is where you, you, you feel who you really are. And, and suddenly the whole, the, the drama of life is okay. You know, it's still up and down and in and out, and there's joy and suffering, but it's okay. I fall in love with my life. So that's a long way of saying I feel pretty good. No, this is <laughs> really, really wonderful. And what I'm especially in love with is what you bring to us about the fact that there's duality, there's paradox, there's two of us, and we're contained in the one, but that the two, the each individual one. Yeah, this to me is, this is what needs to come through right now, and, and I'm privileged to be a part of it. And... One of the things which has helped me a great deal was was when I wrote the little book, uh, Lucid Living, and came across this image, which which is a new image for waking up, but a very powerful one, which is this, this spiritual awakening is very much like lucid dreaming, but now. And if you can get that, it becomes much more accessible. Because when you dream at night, normally you're lost in the dream. 
But if you dream lucidly, you're conscious that you're dreaming. And when you dream in that way, it puts you in this interesting place where you realize you're not what you thought you were in the dream. In fact, actually, the real you, the deeper you, isn't even in the dream. The dream is inside you. You are the dreamer. You are the awareness that's dreaming the dream. And what I see right now in this waking state is comparable. That actually what I am is the awareness within which this dream of life is arising. This, this flow of colors and shapes and sounds and thoughts, this whole dance of, of appearances is arising within what I am awareness. And then within the dream there's Tim, this quirky guy from England who's, who's what I appear to be meeting you, what you appear to be and yet behind the scenes as it were there's one of us, there's one big mind dreaming itself to be everything and everyone and then meeting itself in all these different shapes and forms now if we get lost in the separateness that's where we meet each other in, in fear and in competition and in conflict and there's a lot of suffering But if we come out into the big space, if we recognize our essential nature, which is one with everything, then there's this love. And then the appearances come to life. Then far from wanting to get away from life, I want to enter in. I want to actually enjoy the dance, to be at the party, to to just, you know, get the juice out of it. Because it's, it's, I mean, it's so exquisite to be alive. And, that, and the two-ness is what makes it so beautiful. The fact that we can meet and be separate is what makes you so interesting. And yet to, note, to know that but we're also one, then there's this love, there's this connection. We're separate and we're not separate. And what we've just done, I mean, tell me how you feel, but if it feels like we enter that space together where we're separate and not separate, something really beautiful, natural and profound just happens. Well... Let me put it this way. Um, I feel, um, and this is not a feeling, but I feel that I have wanted to, chosen to learn how to love. Uh, and it's a great pleasure and a great, a great party in my life to learn to love. So while you were speaking, I was thinking... Oh, well, maybe we are the lover's love. Like, what I want to do is play with love all day long, <laughs> even in a in catastrophe happens. Yeah. So what do you think of the idea that we are the lover's love? Oh, it's a beautiful idea. I mean, one of the things that reminds me of is, is when, I was, when, it fir- when I first entered this, this lucid living, this deep awake state, I was 12 years old. And suddenly the top of my head just came off and I was just sitting on this hill looking at this small sleepy town I grew up in, sitting with my dog, just watching all these little people, all the adults running around acting as if they knew what life is. And with that child innocence of thinking they really haven't got a clue what life is. What is this I'm in? What is this? You know, What's it about? What's it for? And then this sudden spontaneous entering into the mystery and then this love. Like the whole universe is permeated with love. It's held together by love. And not knowing, was I, was I Tim being loved? Or was I the love-loving Tim? Uh-huh. I, like I could, which was I? I didn't know. And that was the beginning of seeing this polarity. 
And and when you mentioned it, you know, this is this is the this is for me is the key. Polarity. A polarity is opposites which can only exist together. So any polarity you can think of, the left and right, they're opposites. But you couldn't have a world with just left, or a world of just in and no out. They they exist together. And our identity is like that too. There's what we appear to be, this body. This thing, beautiful thing, amazing thing. And then there's what we are, which is what we call the I. Which is what? Which is awareness itself. It's not a thing. It's this spacious presence, which, which is witnessing and embracing everything which is arising. And those opposites coexist, and they really are opposites. So here in the dream, I'm a separate person come back to this big space and there's no separateness between me and anything else. Just like you couldn't take a dreamer and a dream and separate them, they're the same thing. So here I'm, I'm one of many, here, back, back, oh, it's all one. Come into the separateness and I'm in time, there's this it's changing all the time. Come back out to the oneness and it's outside time. There is, you know, time is moving through me. That's what I am isn't changing, it just is, it has no qualities, it just is. So these opposites just completely sit together. And for me, the whole of spirituality is just about noticing what we really are. And it's available to everyone, and it's available right now. And you don't have to be holy, and you don't have to be, thank goodness, because I'd be out of the question if that was the case, I'd be stuffed. You know, you don't have to be special, you don't have to be anything, you just have to be you. And, it, and you don't have to change anything, you just have to notice. And when you do, there's this oneness and this love, and then suddenly this little separate guy that I am is okay with all of his foibles and with all of his limits. This little vulnerable Tim guy, he's all right. I don't mind being Tim. I can, I can love him as he is. And because I can do that, I can love others as they are. And we can you know, hold each other's hand as we make this strange journey through joy and suffering. And all those polarities, the beauty and the ugliness and the kindness and the cruelty and all the polarities of life. Ups and downs, birth and death. Did you come to love Tim? Did I come to to love Tim? When did you become aware that you loved Tim? That I loved Tim? Uh, You know, like most people, I guess, that's probably the hardest thing. Which is so ironic, you know, you look at everyone and I see it all the time. Groups of people come together and they can see the love and the beauty in everyone else and they can't see it in themselves. And in a way that's, I think, the reason for that is because, you know, we're with each other, with ourselves, 24-7. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I've been with you today. So I've seen you, and you're, oh, you're beautiful, you're so interesting, and so, you know, full of love and energy, and oh, you're just great. But, you know, Tim, I'm with him 24-7, so I know what a pain in the ass he is. And so he's, he's harder. But when you realize that we're all the same, that we're all like that, we've all got sides of us which are difficult and sides of us, you know, we're all the Buddha, you know, we're all great souls and assholes. You know, we're both. We're that polarity. Every, and then you just let it go. And just like, okay, well, that's okay. So when did that happen? It's still happening. But I think, you know, maybe over the last 10 years has been a real big shift. And writing my last book, How Long Is Now, I really recognized, and I wrote about it right at the end, 
that what had happened through the journey was I'd fallen in love with my life, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was able to look back on, on my life with all of the craziness and suffering and all the good things and the bad things and things I was proud of and things I wasn't and, and just suddenly hold the whole thing in this very, almost like being dead. Like, like standing out from it, like, a, you know, like the people report in the near-death experience. You can come out from this big space and just, it's very poignant, very poignant. I love that word because it kind of brings the opposites together. It's kind of bittersweet. So Love is bittersweet, isn't love it? Love is bittersweet. Yeah, it's not just, you know, it's a lovely feeling, oh love, goodness. but it's not just, it breaks your heart, love. You know, if you're with, you know, if you love and you're with suffering, your heart breaks too. You know, it's not just, you know, yummy, yummy, yummy. It's like, ooh, love is the thing which can embrace all the opposites. You know, the, the joy and the suffering. And it just makes the suffering, doesn't take the suffering away. It just makes it poignant. Makes it poignant. Yeah. So you came out of your near-life experience <laughs> when you were 12. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the mystery. What is the mystery to you? Mystery is a, is a key thing for me because we, what I see is this crazy situation. I, it's what I saw when I was 12, when I was a kid, and I still see it today. Human beings walk around in a story. Like, we're, like in a dream. We're just caught up in a drama, in a story, and we think we know who we are and what life is. And the fact is, we don't. And it takes only a second to recognize the reality that we don't. And it's impossible to be authentic when you think you know what's going on because you don't. Mm-hmm. And the minute you find that vulnerability and that honesty of confronting the mystery of your existence, this moment, and just how intensely, breathtakingly mysterious it is that we are, that this life is happening, consciousness changes, and you start to enter this deep awake state. So the mystery is the, is the doorway. You can step through that. And, and also the test for me, you know, if I, I know I'm, I'm asleep if I've got wrapped up in a story. And you know what it's like, I guess, you know, I think everyone gets this, it's not just me, but you know, when you, you know, you're with your nearest and dearest and you just, you know, you start, you've fallen out and all the rest of it, and, oh, you're, uh, uh, and you're just so in a story, just crazy, and you feel different and you're kind of, mm, and, ah, mm, uh, and there's all that, and then you just kind of come out of it, and it's just ridiculous. What, what was going on there? I just got completely eaten alive by a whole, by a story. And, but it's like that generally. We're all getting eaten alive by a story. All that, even spiritual stories. We miss the, the mystery, the fundamental mystery. And so by not knowing, we actually discover the one thing we do know. And that knowledge is so close, it's not separate from us. It's the knowledge of our own being. And when you, when you know that, that's the ancient gnosis, what they call the gnosis. You know, you're, it's a knowing. And that's, that's when you come into this lucid state. That's when you, you start to wake up. So you've seen, you've been with, you've facilitated hundreds of people at the moment where they realised they were alive. Yeah, you know, I have. And, huh. you know, I, really I see, you know, my favourite description is, is what I do is the one that Socrates gave to himself. He was a big hero of mine because he didn't know anything. He was the, the oracle at Delphi very famously said that Socrates was the wisest man alive, and when he was very confused by that and went to them and said, why? They said, because you know you know nothing. And uh, he described himself as a midwife. 
which I think is lovely. And that's what I feel. You know, all that I do is help people give birth to themselves. And like any midwife, it's just such a joy to see the transformation, and so quickly. You know, I, I, when I do these, these days, like today, but even more so when I get a weekend, I do what I call the mystery experience. Nearly everybody steps through, and you see people's face change, their body melts, they're suddenly able to be themselves. And in all their individual quirkiness, they can appreciate each other, and there's this party, there's this dance, there's this love, the playfulness. It's like you can be, you can be a grown-up, but you can be this little child too, and, in, and, and just be there dancing in the moment. And it's just such a privilege to watch it happen. I, you know, I can't tell you how lucky I feel yeah. to, to see that. And, you know, in a way, I think it's what I've always done. I, because what, what I found, even when I was a teenager, was that when I entered this big space and felt this big love, other people spontaneously did around me. And it's nothing to do with me being special, because, you know, I'm not in any way whatsoever. I mean, you, I'm kind of unique, because everybody is, but there's nothing special about me. It's just because we resonate together. So what I do now is I get people together, I enter the big space, I show people where to go into the big space, people start to pop, and the more everyone pops together, the next thing you know, whoa, we're all there. And then you just, ah, what a relief. What a relief. Just to feel that love. And it is what we want to feel. It's a good word. Isn't it? Yeah, you're home. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this place. I know this place. This This is where I live. This is home. This is where I'm comfortable. This is safe. This is safe. It's a place of complete safety. You know, the world isn't. It doesn't make the world safe. The world is a place which is safe and not safe. To be human is to be fearful, because to be separate is to face death. But that's the one polarity. You know, here, what's happened for me is that Tim has become more and more vulnerable. I feel more raw more authentically Tim just this vulnerable thing anything can happen to me anytime and life can you know you know any moment it could just pick me up and shake me around and leave me gibbering on the floor it, you know I know that and yet I also know that this is the other end of my identity this other pole which is utterly safe completely solid just really really so deep that it's just unshakable and I'm both. I'm both of those. So I'm more vulnerable and more safe. That's how it feels. And what I see in other people is that when I share this, rather than sharing some spiritual fantasy, mm-hmm. that you can be you know, living in the perfect world and have the perfect relationship and the big car and, the, and, and everything will be great for you and, da, 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 and you'll be enlightened, <clears throat> rather than by just sharing the, the reality, which is no, you can know both of these, and you need you can't have one without the other. If you try and push the humanity away, the big space will cease to be love. If you if you just try and if you took push the big space away, you will be just in suffering. But if you have both, and what I see from people I share this with is an immediate recognition and a feeling of oh yeah I know that 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 actually fits with my experience. And my favourite thing is when people come up to me and go, you're saying what I know. Mm. That's how I felt all day. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that. 
you yeah. know, because that because we're one. And my job is, you know, I'm a mouth. I have to say it. That's my job. Yeah, yeah. And and as a philosopher, you know, I struggle hard. I work hard, you know, to find ways to express it. And when I find them and they work, that's great. And I do that as to give back something for everything I'm given, which is a huge amount. And what I give back is to say, okay, I'll try and articulate it for us. Mm-hmm. What is it to be an authentic human being? Well, I think it's what I said. It's to be, it's to be on the one hand, it's to be all you are, which is to be human and being. how do we being. dare be all we are? Well, the only way that you can enter in, it seems to me, is by coming out. You know, uh, what the irony for me is that the more I become aware of this big space where it's safe, where I'm, you know, we're like a dream. What I am, and this is a, you know, a difficult thing to, to just say in words, but what I am is not in the appearances. What you are, what we are, it isn't in the, just as a dreamer isn't in a dream. You know, if you're dreaming and you said, look for the dreamer, you could look everywhere in the dream and you'd never find the dreamer because the dreamer's not in the dream. The dream is in the dreamer. The dreamer is everywhere. And it's like that with what we are. The awareness is, is outside, as it were. It's containing this. What I really am isn't in this. The ancient Gnostics called it your unbornness. It's a great word, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the knowledge you can't die, which sounds like, whoa, what does that mean? But what they're saying is that you can't die because you weren't born. What you really are isn't in the dream. It's not, you know, Tim is born, he will die. What I am is not Tim. What I am is that which is witnessing all of this, which witness the birth of Tim will witness the end, just like you do in a dream. So what I feel is that as I know that safety, I have the courage then to dare to be Tim. Because a lot of the time I see myself and others and we're kind of numb. We're, we, we don't re- we're not really entering into life because it's so scary. That's right. But once you know that you're safe, you can dare to enter in and take the risk. You know, what the hell? Just like, you know, okay, there was a point where I just thought, I'll just be Tim. What's, you know, I, and that's why I can get up and do what I do. Because, you know, what's the word? I can make a fool of myself. Well, you know, I'm 50. If I, if I don't know that I'm a fool by now, what have I been doing? You know, I know I'm a fool. So, what? Well, there's, no, there's no revelation in that. I make a fool of myself, big deal. I know that. And I can just let go and be me in all that I am. And what I love is seeing other people go, oh yeah, I can do that too. And then we can encourage each other. And you can say, okay, right, be you. Yeah, go on, strut your stuff. Great. Let me appreciate you. Yeah. I, I choose to be authentic because all the rest is, is so boring and yes. uncomfortable. Isn't it? It's just uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It's just... It's like, yeah. well, it's the same way as uh, certain shoes are uncomfortable or certain clothes are yeah. uncomfortable. But how, because of your experience that you've assisted as a midwife hundreds of people, how do people come to realize when they're comfortable? Well, what I see, what the process I take people through has got two components, which I think of as logos and eros, which is, logos is like philosophy, and that just about, it's about mainly clearing away misunderstandings so you can just see clearly. And then the, the eros, the love, is about actually connecting to what you are. 
in yourself, but also in others. Really, really, you know, the things we've been doing today is about connecting through the appearances with each other. And when that happens, it amplifies the recognition of, of the oneness and the love. I mean, hugely. You've got a whole group, it starts getting really obvious. And then you, everyone starts to notice. And then you melt. This is, oh, right, it's okay. Because, you know, I think I said it today, every heart assured of safety opens instantly. Mm-hmm. And if you create that knowledge of safety, that's when, the, when you can be vulnerable. I can only allow myself to be vulnerable when I'm, I'm safe. So as we come into that knowledge that we're safe, then I can be vulnerable. And it's the same with everybody else that I see. Men and women, young and old. You know, every type of person as I've come across doing this work. And they're all different, and yet in that way they're all the same. Everyone will come to love, but as a refugee. <laughs> that was a great line. Leonard Cohen. Yeah, what a man. So... There's something about safety and taking refuge. Yes. And I feel like today you facilitated us to take refuge in each other. Mm. And that was so beautiful because that's what I, I might be afraid of is that I have no home in you. Yes. Oh, God, that's beautiful. That's right. When you, when you find the home in each other. Yes. Really, and then you feel, you know, that you feel the appreciation of the other, and then it's okay to love yourself. I felt that so strongly today from the the people present, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure in the beginning of the day there were a lot of people who were saying, "I don't, I don't like that one," yes. or "I don't like that one." Yeah, yeah. So tell me, Tim, um, what are you thinking about these days? <laughs> well, I'm. I need to go home after this trip to America, uh, and uh, I need to write a book, uh, because I've said I will, and that's what I do, and that's how I keep food in my family's mouth, mm-hmm. and because I want to. And what I, and I, and I, I need and that to take shape, and what I've, what I've become conscious of is that there, this is, this, I, I'm kind of part of pioneering a new way of awakening. And I think I'm ready to own that. I think I've been trying to avoid that um, because I'm very cautious of the whole spiritual teacher game and, and I don't want to be cut off. I want to stay Tim because if I stay Tim, I can be in love with people and if I become anything else, you know, then it'll be horrible. And, and, and also because I know that authenticity is what leads to people recognizing it together. But as well as that, I, I think I am coming to go, oh, look, this is something really valuable here, um, and I need to articulate it. So I think the next thing I'm thinking about is how can I, cre- how can I articulate this lucid philosophy again, because I have already, but, but in a more, even more direct way. Of, of, and, and how can I dare to be critical of a lot of traditional spiritual ideas, which I think are really getting in the way, really getting in the way, and also a lot of um, kind of popular new spiritual ideas, which I also think are getting in the way, and instead replace it with something more obvious, which can allow people to have that recognition of the obvious and just come into it. And, and can I do that in a book? I know I can do that over a weekend. I know I can do that. Can I do it just in a book? I don't know, but that's what I'm going to try. 
you have a philosophy that seems to me that cleaner than any of the spiritual stories that I've heard. How can this exist without... <laughs> going wrong? Uh, no. Or getting uh, yeah. sucked in? Yeah, or uh, trying to build a commerce yeah. of some sort, temples, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, well, the first thing I think is it's so far away from that right now, uh, I'm not too worried. I mean, because... Honestly, it's the opposite problem. How can it sustain itself at all? That's the issue that it faces right now. But you're right. I mean, I see it, and I really don't want this to go down that road. And I'm so pleased that you say you find it cleaner, because that's what I want it to be. Just more real and honest and, and clean. I think, you know, I've written at length about religion and where religion has messed up. So I'm very, very aware of, of, of how religion turns this magic into a cult and how something which should set you free ends up being a prison. Uh, so I feel I'm, I can arm myself and hopefully others to make sure that whatever this becomes, that it avoids that. Um, and, and I think the key is to empower other people. You know, what I want people to do is come along, hear what I have to say, f do the play with the things that I, that I can offer to, to do, and then make it their own. Make it completely their own. And then f integrate it and say it in their own way and to own it themselves so that we constantly, you know, we walk as equals and we walk together because it's us. You know, and what, what I said about being critical, you know, I think the whole guru thing for me is over. You know, we need that. We, that's done with now. The idea of the perfect person, the God Man, Jesus, is done with now. The idea of the Buddha, who know, you know, it's done with now. We're, we're this is we are all one, and it's all us. We're doing it together, and each one of us sees something the other does not see, and we need to offer that together. Each one of us has, has, has qualities the others do not have. And if we can do it together with respect and with love, and we can each play our role. You know, what, what the great privilege for me running an event like I have today is the kindness of everyone to allow me to play my role. And I have the joy of doing what Tim does best. And that is a lovely, lovely thing to do. And then... I want other people to have the joy of what they do best, and I can appreciate that in them. And if we do that, then maybe a new way can be born, which doesn't fall into the same problems. See, that's why, I mean, that's why I think of a new economy. Yeah. I mean, what I'm thinking a lot of the time is economy. I mean, mm -hmm. people give to people who are poorer, or to people, money, I mean, yeah. and, or to people who are richer. Mm -hmm. And like, for instance, here today, there was no question of I'm going to see into and through the person who is richer or poorer. Yeah. And I just, I just see that this could apply on many levels. Absolutely. You know, it's like when you see that we're all family, we're all lovers then you, know, you, you, you want to reach out to people. You know, if we can just see this, we can create a much, much better world. And 
you know, the, the way we organise it, the problems, we, you know, I, I don't have the solution to that. But what I do think is that whatever thing we apply, it will be the state of consciousness we do it in which will make the difference. You know, and when I look at economy, you just think, well, look, you take something like communism. At its heart, there's to each according to their need, from each according to their ability, to each according to their... But well, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. If we could just do that, it'd be perfect. But just try and do it in the wrong consciousness, it will really mess up. You know, you can look at other forms, capitalism. You know, if it's benign, if you're just like letting things, let, letting individuality thrive and, and, and creativity and endeavor, and then from that, like you're giving, like the old Quakers were in, in the UK, and you, you know, you build schools, and you, it's like it's all a gift, then that would be great. But do it in the wrong consciousness, and it's horrendous. So the thing which we now know, surely, is it's not what we do, it's how we do it. It's the, what the consciousness we approach this with. You know, are we doing it from love? It's as simple as that, really, isn't it? Are we doing it from love? So if we do it from love, it will, we will find solutions. And we will find a new economy. An economy of love. We need an economy of love, we need a politics of love, and for some mad reason, you know, no one says it. We can't use the word. Why does no... You know, everyone wants to feel love. Everyone wants to be part of a loving community. Why does no one stand up in the political arena and go, look, guys, how can we be more loving? How, what's the most loving thing to do? What's the problem? Oh, crime. Okay, what's the most loving thing to do? What's the problem? Oh, poverty. Okay, what's the most loving thing to do? When we can get to that place, it will all move. And let's hope we get there soon, real soon. Let's hope we get there soon. I mean, I, I often say it's not whether someone loves you, it's how they love you. Yeah. Is it deep? Is it, is it real? Is it free? I mean, the thing with this big love is it's completely unconditional. And it's not unconditional because... How do you know that? It, well, it just is. It's just, it's not loving because, that's why. Because that, the big love, the big love isn't there for any reason. When I feel that big love, there's no reason for the big love. So nothing can change it. When I love and there's a reason, then it can change. And that's fine too. There's, you know, love is a spectrum. But this really big one... This big, compassionate love is not for a reason. It just is the way it is. And therefore, it's completely free. That's the place you can even love your enemies, like in the, in the Jesus story. It's a big, you know, even your enemies, my God, you know, that's, that's quite something, isn't it? But you can. You actually can. It doesn't mean you like them. <laughs> you can if you do the process that we did today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I really... Yeah, really. Because you see through... And everyone's in a predicament. I mean, I genuinely feel sorry for all of us. We're thrown into this mad world. We're, we're, we're brought up by two people who, who probably have got no idea what's going on or what to do. They do their best. They you know, mess you up and you come through and then you're taught by a school system that's got no idea what's going on. And, and somehow, you know, we're all in this, you know, no wonder we're so messed up. And you see, and we're all like that. See to and through. See to and through. See to and through. Yes, that's very nice. So let me tell people that um, your latest book, Tim, is called How Long Is Now? A Journey to Enlightenment and Beyond by Tim Freak. And it's published by Hay House. Yep. Yep. Excellent. And um, there's much more to know. Uh, we're on Tim's website, timfreak.com. Yep. 
Um, and that's that's freak is spelled F R E K E, yeah. but it really is pronounced freak. <laughs> how, you know, talk about how bizarre! Like, your friend's been born with a name like freak, but there you go. But spelled F R E, it is, isn't it? Just so do you, freak is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, what would you like to say in closing to the people who are listening to us? I'd like to say, you know, that since I've been twelve, one thing has stayed with me. This is about love. This is about love. And love always works. It really does. And love is the benchmark. That's the thing. It's about love. So my hope is that we can spread the love in a very real, real, authentic way. And if we can do that, we can turn this, what is sometimes a nightmare of separateness, into the celebration of existence we all really want it to be. And enjoy the party. Ah, I loved what you said today. You said, don't miss the party. You are the party. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been a real pleasure. Future Primitive is made possible by the Marion Institute. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider supporting our work by making a tax-deductible contribution online at futureprimitive.org.